Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the Gifted Gab. It's your boy Alex Eskandarka here, and um, I know this episode is kind of late. I can explain. Uh, so we actually we've uh, we've been busy over here on the side, and and I've been actually uh, working on my first documentary film called Coaching While Black, and I figured you know. Our family here at the Gifted Gap should get first dibs on, on what's going on and a behind-the-scenes look. So, excuse my tardiness, but, you know, this is what we've been up to. And, you know, I wanted to, to share that with you guys. And it's going to be an important film. You know, I want to thank uh, Tell a Story Hive, the Edmonton Artist Council, and the Edmonton Heritage Council for, for backing us on this project. And it's the first uh, project produced and directed by me. And I figured... And let's give these guys a sneak peek. So before we get into the 1K Convos, which is also a special episode, I want to ask you kindly to follow our page, Coaching While Black, on Instagram. Look out for the BTS content. Look out for some of the interviews and teasers and whatnot. And you know we'll be live on uh, Optic TV uh, early next year. And you know I want to take you guys through the journey as we uh, as we embark on this production. It's a, it's a first for me. It's uh, a new medium I'm learning. And, you know, I kind of want you guys to come along on this process with me as I figure out what goes into putting the film together. So tap in with us at Coaching Wild Black. Make sure you follow before we get this episode started. And, you know, we're here for another episode of 1K Combos. My guest here... A special guest with a lot to give, Lee Prime from Prime Examples podcast. You know he's he's made an interesting transition from you know the streets to going back to school to writing. You know he's writing a book. Uh, he does a lot of PR work and 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 got his degree done. And this is an important conversation. We talked a lot about you know the importance of family representation transitions and this new black renaissance we're on. You know, if it wasn't for everything going on right now, a lot of these opportunities that we're seeing, you know, that we're able to, that are in arm's reach now, it wouldn't be here. So this was a dope conversation. Look out for the video as well. Uh, for those of you that like to watch uh, the episodes, and make sure you smash that subscribe button, you know, whether you're on Spotify, Apple, head over to our YouTube, and tap in with us over at Coaching While Black. Thank you guys for your patience and, and being with us on this journey. Without no further ado, 1K Convos, Lee Prime. Let's get it. You are now tuned in to The Gifted Gap. another episode of 1k convos i got a special guest with me today this week lee prime from prime examples welcome to the show my man man thank you for having me man i appreciate it absolutely man absolutely uh we had you know we've had a couple of conversations off camera powerful uh, one very powerful yeah. very powerful i'm like this guy has a lot a lot to give a lot of experience a lot of knowledge you know i think that you know when you can move in different avenues and, and dabble in different things, you, you pick up a lot. Right. You know, so, like, we'll get to what 
your experiences actually are. But, you know, talk to me about how, you know, you've transitioned into now you're writing, you know, you just finished up. The fact that you went back to school, you know, is a, is a accomplishment. I always say that when people wake up one day and say, oh, I want to go back and, and, and do my degree. Right. And they go and they get it done. That is a, a different kind of level of commitment because the energy is not the same as once you were when you're 17. No, it's, it's not. not. It's it's actually like you, it means so much more. Like it's the weight of it. It's like, for me, it was a chip on my shoulder, you know, for, I was, uh, it was like, I had to prove it to myself. Like mm. you can't, you can't just be like, oh man, I should have went to school or, oh, I could have did that kind of thing, you know? So you, it, for me, it was a chip on my shoulder. Like I had to. What was it? What was the motivation behind that? What made you want to go back to school? When did you go back? At twenty? I went back at thirty, bro. Thirty. Yeah. That's great. That's I went back at thirty, crazy. man. And now I just wrapped up. I have one more semester, and then and then I'm done, and then it's off to uh, off to film school to go do some shit I like, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. But uh, no, um, it was. I had just gotten married. That's what it was. I had just gotten married, and then uh, and you know when a when a marriage is young. And 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 early in the early stages, what I was doing was I was working in the oil and gas field. So I was uh, I was a pipe fitter, and so you can't you can't be gone for forty days. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're just getting married, and like no, it's, you can't. You have yeah, to yeah. You have to nurture that young that young marriage. You know that young union, and so uh, and so it was just a decision, man. After like I did two two long shutdowns. I think I did forty, and I did another like forty, and then my wife was just like, "Yo, bro, like." I, you you know you can't be leaving her alone at the crib, and she's not from here. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, she's an import. And <laughs> 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 you know, she came. She the came. Imports out, yeah, is she came from Ontario. <laughs> you know, so she had no like you know social circle, like you know support group and, or support system out here. Uh, minus myself and my family, you know, mm-hmm. and my siblings and my cousins out there that are out here. So, um, you know, she just like yo, we went to high school together as well. So she's like yo, nigga, you you always were smart, like. Do this, you know, and I. That's powerful. I, yeah, man. I just gave it a hard thought, and and I said, All right, I'm gonna go, I'll, you know, try, and I went back. And <laughs> it was crazy because when I went back, I went back for communications, mm-hmm. and I was like, Why didn't anybody tell me about communications? This is literally my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, and then so like school's kind of paying for itself, like scholarships and all that stuff. So it just worked out, man. You just take it a lot more serious. Like uh, like you were saying, it just it means more. It means more, yeah. yeah. You can't you can't fuck up, right? There's no skipping class or nothing. You know, yeah. they just, like kids are arguing about like you know debating yo if should uh, should they go out on a Friday night? You know, those mm-hmm. like, 19, 20 year old thoughts. You know, it's like for me, it's like I'm I'm trying to raise a family, go to school, have a business, and chase some dreams at the same time. You know, so it's like there's n- it, there's nowhere but up to go. So it's just. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it. 100%. Yeah. And you're a nigga from the streets. I know. I, I, I could smell it when I see it. You know, <laughs> I could smell it, you know. <laughs> I, 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 try, I try to code switch it also. It's like, so it's not, it doesn't smell off of me, you know. But mm-hmm. but uh, I've, 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 I've heard that a few times before. Yeah, but you bring a wealth of, of experience. And, and, you know, people don't realize that all, when you're, when you're starting some venture or whatever it is, school, whatever it is you're starting, all your experience and whatever it is you were doing, count towards that it's like a video game you know what i mean and like you might change this character change this level mm-hmm. but you still have all that xp absolutely all those points count towards something but you have to you have to be able to recognize that absolutely that right? awareness that's the most yeah like we were just talking about that awareness is the most important thing you know 
And like awareness only comes when you're able to reflect. Mm. All right. Hindsight. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Oh, it's always twenty twenty, you know. And so uh being able to reflect is it means you slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you kinda you know, p- pull the brakes a little bit. And so like I said, you know, like uh had I not gotten married, I think I you know, I wouldn't have been able to slow down. But but me getting married was the catalyst to not only just change, but just being able to like uh to just sit back and just, you know, like reflect on the mistakes, reflect on the wins, reflect on the, the losses, you know, just what, and, and the meaning of everything. Because you're kind of tunnel-visioned when you're, when you're in the streets. It's about surviving, right? It's, it, that's literally the, the bottom line. And so now, so like, uh, uh, on my way here, we're having conversations with, with, I was having conversations with T, and we were talking about, you know, it's, niggas ain't trying to survive no more. We're trying to thrive. Absolutely. You know, so it's like, what got you to point A it's not going to get you to point B. Mm-mm. And so that self-reflection, I, you know, I, I, you know I, give, I give the props to, to, to my union, to m- my marriage, for sure. That's big, man. I don't, I don't think people realize the, the power in, you know, the right relationship. <laughs> the, the, the right person beside you on Ooh. your journey can, like, 10x your life, you know? And Absolutely. I think that it's something that, you know, in our... In our, we're millennials, you know. So in our generation, we are we. Yeah, we are. I thought we were like Generation Y. No, no? we're millennials because oh, we were thirty three. I'm thirty three. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're millennials. Okay. okay I think sure. I'm up from. I might have misidentified myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think ninety five to yeah. eighty. Because we, we we you watch technology. Absolutely. You watch yeah. it happen. You know what I'm saying? But you're not on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. You know, so our generation is this weird generation where things changed suddenly. We saw everything. But you saw it change. Yeah. You know, you were watching it change in real time. So it's our ability our ability to adapt is actually much better than the younger generation and way better than the older generation. Because Absolutely. we were the shit was changing and we were growing and having to go through that change. Right. Whereas, you know, the younger generation is like they're born into tech. So you take away the phone. <laughs> My daughter's like a 18 <laughs> months old swiping like this on the phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So FaceTime and then you take that tech away from them. <laughs> right. They might have a hard time adapting. Yeah. And then, you know, I had to get my parents iPhones like two years. It's been two or three years now that they're in there. Do still they text you? Yeah, they text me. They text me. They text me. They text me. You know, but it's like there's a learning yeah, curve yeah, with that. Yeah. Whereas like for us, it's easy peasy. And like we understand like like you're talking about transitions. Mm-hmm. Transitioning is easy for us, absolutely, because we watch the transition in real time, right? So, no, I think you have a wealth of experience, and I think that you know, I appreciate that, man. You know, going back to school, you know, what was, what did you take away from your school experience? You know, as a as a grown man, in your cohort with a bunch of younger people, right? What is something you took away from that experience? Yo, I just it reaffirmed that I'm the dopest dude out here. (laughs) (laughs) Like there is no sauce on, on, on what's going on out here in these schools, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something you got to do to get to where you need to go. Mm. Especially for me and my, my personal goals, like absolutely school's not for everybody. And if that's not your path, that's not your path. But for what I was trying to do was, um, I was trying to make connections and relationships you know, um, I felt like I always had the skill set. Like I'm a writer. Uh, it's writing is nothing new to me, and writing 
um, the way they the way school here is teaching you is nothing new to me either. But it was the relationships that you build along the way, you know, and the people that you meet along the way. That's what I was looking for because I wasn't uh, I wasn't privy to those kind of relationships when I was in the streets. Mm-hmm. Like all I knew was a bunch of niggas, mm-hmm. you know, and and niggas didn't offer these kind of opportunities. Niggas didn't have these kind of resources available to them as well. So, um, you know, I was always the most informed nigga in the room. That's and, problem. So, and so, yeah, that was, you know, you, I, I realized I was always in the wrong rooms. So that's one thing that school has done for me, kind of opened these doors where it was like, I'm almost like a fly on the wall or like I'm, I'm not the smartest person in the room or I'm not the most experienced person in the room or informed. And so that allowed me to humble myself and learn and just taking information, you know? And so, like, I was writing a book. I'm writing a book. And, I, and, and then I kept, like, I finished the book. And then, I like, learning more tactics and more things from schools. Like, you know, as a perfectionist, I kept going back to them. Like, I could do better. I could do better. I could mm-hmm. do better. And so, yeah, that's one thing that school did for me. It's just, you know, the relationships. And, and you pick up a few uh, a few new tools to put into your arsenal of, of weapons that you attack the world with, you know? Mm-hmm. What uh, talk to me about the importance of trying new things, man? See, that's something that's not new to me. Mm. You know, I've always, uh, I've always been open to new experiences. I've, I'm, I was uh, one of those people that kind of, you know, gets comfortable or, you know, lets fear dictate uh, the fear, of the uncertain, you know, dictate whether or not I'm going to try something because. One thing I always knew was you're gonna fail more than you are gonna succeed, and if you've once you become comfortable with that, it's just you know it's just a matter of, a matter of time before you are sitting on top of the world, and so it's like it's just keep going, you know, stay down till you come up, and and that's how it is. Said by the greatest trapper alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's catching up. You're catching everything I'm laying down. Huh? <laughs> I like it. That's how you know, you know, we're, we're cultured men. We are on the same team here, man. <laughs> we are on the same team. team. We are on the same team. Absolutely. You know, there's a black renaissance going on right now. A, a creative black renaissance is happening for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In your opinion, how do we how do we take advantage of that? Because right now, the doors are opening for us to be ourselves and take up the space. And I always say, if it's not now, then it's never. Right. So how do you think, you know, how do you think we take advantage of that? You know, somebody said to me just today, somebody said, you know, black, black is buying power. And that's where we're at right now, man. Just being ourselves um, is we are what they want to consume. Like and when they when I say they, it's uh, it's society at, at large. You know, it's everything that we do from what we eat, from what we talk, the way we talk to how we dress to the music we listen to. You know, it's, it's all being consumed, you know, and so we have to figure out how to leverage that to our benefit. And so, like I said, man, fuck the middleman and, and, and you know, work collaboratively with across the board with black artists and black creatives. And that's what we got to we got to stop this clickish shit that's going mm-hmm. on. You know that you may I'm not sure if you're privy to that as well, but that's what I'm seeing, you know, and, and, and if we can tap out of that or snap out of that i feel like um you know we'll build resumes off of each other you know i do something for you you do something for me i do something for him and all of a sudden you know um those gatekeepers they don't got much to say anymore Mm -hmm. you know we brush right past them and so i feel like 
collaboration is is how we push this renaissance forward right now that's my my take on it anyways yeah i agree with that man i mean i've been i've been doing i've been doing like modeling for about seven years now right i just started doing acting for two and there's one constant that i keep seeing is that everybody in this industry is white everybody behind the camera behind the scenes production teams it's, it's all white people you know, so my question was always, how do we bring more of us here? And as we were doing this podcast and stuff, you know, I kept going back and forth. It's like, yo, this can't be like this forever. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole bunch of shit going on out there to, to actually counter this. So as an individual, how do you do it? You said it. It's like doing something for this guy, doing for putting the team together here. You know what I'm saying? Taking on bigger, larger scale projects, productions, whatever it is, and then bringing guys that you know can can fit that mold. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't even have to have experience. You might have done something that's close enough to what we need over here and then just help them put that skill set on. Because one thing I've realized about this industry, all that's important is, is the credit. What have yeah. you worked on? Yeah. What have you worked on? That's what they want to know. What, what have, have you, you done? done? What have you done? Yeah. That's the only thing that matters in this industry. Absolutely. In entertainment, that's pretty much the only thing that matters in any yeah. industry yeah. because that's your resume. It speaks for you. It's like, do you have something that represents the work that you've done? So, okay. If that, if I know that, okay, so I know how to do it for myself. How do I bring on other niggas that look like me? How do I bring the community in here? How do I get people... To, to get those credits as well mm-hmm. because it's bigger than us it's bigger than you and me you know if it was just about myself i'll say you know what i'm cool with just collecting a check doing acting you know being in front of the camera all that shit mm-hmm. and then we can call it a day you can make an easy livelihood like that but but you're gonna sit at that and you're gonna be in that 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 big crib on a hill by yourself mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's not fun to it's not, you know, to be by yourself at the top of the hill. It's lonely you at the top. It is. You gotta. I I prefer to to be with my community, mm-hmm. and you know, just like how you know, shoes are pop. Air Force Ones are popular because somebody made them cool. You know, just like fitteds are popular. Somebody made them cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's what we gotta do. We gotta make things cool. You know, representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always I mean? bring back to that. It's always back to representation. Like you know, I wouldn't have walked down the path I'd walked down had I seen you know had I had access or to brothers who were doing things that I, in the spaces that I was that I enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. the creative spaces. I never seen brothers doing this shit podcasting. I never seen you know dudes you know attempting to make films in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? I never seen brothers talking about you know let's uh, let's throw let's throw let's put our money together, let's pull money together and this, you know, let's uh, rent this uh, venue and, and throw a party and build the brand. And, you know, I never seen that. And so when you, when you don't have access to that shit, then you're not, uh, you, you lose, it sucks the soul out of you, you know, it sucks the drive and the, the, the ambition right out of you, you know, like, not knock anybody else, but like an Asian kid can go to uh, a Chinatown. There's a Chinatown in every, uh, every city in the world, there's a Chinatown, and you could you could see a bank teller that's Chinese, you can see a doctor that's Chinese, you know, you can see uh, a lawyer that's Chinese, you know, and so I never seen a Somali doctor, I never seen a a, a, a Somali uh, you know lawyer, I never seen a Somali freaking 
pharmacists, you know, the things that you see on a day-to-day basis, they were all people that weren't, that didn't look like me, that didn't speak my language, they didn't adhere to my culture, and they didn't, you know, they didn't observe my religion. So for me, it was like, what's the point of trying? Mm-hmm. If there's nobody out here doing what I'm doing, what I'd like to do. And so representation, man, we got to make this shit cool. We got to make this shit, um, you know, like kids got to want it, you know, and by us doing it, like just me doing what I do, I've got kids in my family now talking about, yo, I want to be a writer. I want to, I want to, you know, do creative things, you know, and they're pushing it, like really going out and trying hard, you know. So at 18, 19, they're already accomplishing the things I'm, you know, doing in my 30s now, you know what I mean? And so... If one person can do that, imagine how what we could do when we collab. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When we can bring all of our communities into it. You know, I'm speaking from a Somali perspective, but you know what I mean? We got a, we got Jamaican brothers in the room. We got you, you're Iranian. We got, you know, uh, uh, Habasha brothers all over the place. So it's like, just, if we all just collab, man, it just, you know, the, the world's our oyster. We just Absolutely. gotta make it cool for them. Absolutely, you know I think that that's a long-winded response. Yeah, it's, you know, it's good, man. It's 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 some real shit because <laughs> there's so much power in collaboration. You think Absolutely. about anything that's that's of great significance, right? Anything, it takes a team. You know what I'm saying? Like Kobe's our guy, but he doesn't win five rings without his the squad he had around. Absolutely, him. you know what I'm saying? Facts. We, MJ, praise whoever it is that you want. You want to talk about Hove? You want to talk about facts? You know, Kanye, you want to talk, whoever you want to talk about, they had a team, right? They had a team of guys, you know, and that's important. Who's on your team, right? Picking Comes a team is the most, like, like picking a team is, is just as important. Uh, to me, it's like, it's like picking a, picking the mother of your, of your children kind of thing, you know? It's, it's powerful stuff. Like, you won't cut there. Are you tired of the running around for a specific hair product, for a specific type of hair? Are you tired of overpaying for services like weave and extensions? Well, are you in the Northwestern Canada's best kept secret? Afro Era in North Edmonton is now open and operating right at Londonderry Mall. Come shop all things black, including hair care, beauty products and accessories, and hair itself. Now accepting online orders as well as walk-ins for braids, weave, and more. There's no more running around to find the right products and services. Your hair is a statement, so treat it like one. Visit us in-store or shop with us online at afroera.ca. <laughs> Let me ask you this, man. Right. And I'm going to ask about how to pick a wife, too, but <laughs> he might get in trouble for this one. What do you look for when you're picking a team? When you're choosing people that you want to work with? You know, you got to, for me, I always look for people who are already, like, doing their thing, you know? People who have already done some self-reflecting. I've already figured out that this is what I want to do, and they're already on go, you know? And then it just goes from, like, yo, are we taking each other in when we talk, you know, listening? Like, I look for people who... Who um, you know? If I throw some advice at you, you take it in, and you, you know, you you listen, and if vice versa, you know, it's like you leave the ego at the door, you know, very much like a marriage, right? Like you gotta leave your ego at the door in order to have a successful marriage, bro. You can't 
you can't be Mr. You know, I'm a lion outside and I'm a lion inside, <laughs> you know, like you don't show your, your lion teeth inside your home, you know, and so you gotta, you gotta humble yourself. And so, you know, I look for humble people who are already on the go and just, you know, just like I said, willing to collaborate, willing to work, man, like long talk, you know what I mean? Everybody that I've met who I've reached out to personally, bro, I hop out on people, like, you know what I mean? Like I literally hop out on you. And say, yo, I've been, I've been seeing what you're up to, and then just introduce myself, and we'll go from there, you know. And I've built a lot of relationships like that. I've landed a lot of gigs like that, a lot of positions, you know. I never really handed out resumes and things like of that nature, you know. Everything's always been very organic in the sense that, you know, it's, it comes from a place of uh, earnest place, a really honest place, you know. I, I pull up on you, tell you, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and here's what I'm doing. Maybe we can do something together. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. It's usually how it goes, I think. But it's the most, it's the, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, it's the most battle-tested way, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, you got to be personable. You can't be behind the screen. You can't let a piece of paper talk for you. Like, you know, a, a piece of paper can't capture uh, your humanity, right? It can't talk for you. You can, you can get X amount of characters on a page, on a page. You know, and if you think that can describe you, then you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I think you know. I always, I always say that the most powerful, powerful skill one can have is networking. Like the relationships can open doors that that money can't. And money yeah. and all that I stuff. Fuck! I just said this like fucking two hours ago. <laughs> I swear to God, I just said, "Yo, dog, is these relationships? You gotta be respectful. You gotta be freaking personable. You know, you gotta be honest. You gotta be fucking. You know, like that. She gotta radiate off you. You know, absolutely. And it's like, and and if you, you know, like humans, bro. One thing we like, especially black people, we got we got bullshit detectors, bro. Like, yeah, 100%. very good bullshit detector. So, you know, we could smell a bullshitter a mile away. And so, like, you know, when someone comes and approaches me or I approach them in earnest, bro, and, and that vibe happens, like, just like how we met, you know, it's like it took, like, one conversation, earnest conversation, you know, where we sat and we just, you know, in, in Somali, it's called, like, Jilbegisho. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we connected knees. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? That means like we got personal. Like we sat there and you know our knees connected and we we looked each other in the eye and we had these, uh, these uh, very powerful earnest conversation. You know, and that led us to to here today. You know, mm-hmm. and and a lot of my my relationships that are currently like thriving have started in the same similar fashion. Mm-hmm. Because everything starts with conversation. Bro. You know, that's what everything starts with conversation. That's why we do this podcast. You know, a lot of things can come from Hell just yeah. a small little conversation. If you know, me and you can connect and say, okay, let's collaborate on something just off a basic conversation. Imagine what everybody else can get from listening to this kind of conversation, what kind of gens they can come away with, you know. And I don't know what, like, I want to touch on one thing you just said, like, about right. our bullshit detectors, you know. We can smell that shit from a mile away, and you can see when someone is not being organic and authentic. And I don't know, for me... I never really understood it because I found it really easy to just be myself. You know, I don't know. Yo, keeping it real is the easiest fucking thing in the world. It is. People just make it difficult. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, it's the fucking easiest thing in the world, dog. Just keep it 100. Just be yourself. Like, don't lie. Don't fake the funk. Don't be something you're not, you know. 
It's just people are fucking wound up and, and they operate on fear, you know? And so there's different kinds of fear. People fear how you're going to perceive them. People fear the, the unknown. People fear their past. Mm -hmm. People fear the future. It's just like all these fears dictate our actions, you know? And so if we just like, if, if we use these fears, you know, and we, we, we channel them in the right way, it's like, yo, bro, man, just keep it real. Be yourself. Like, I walk into meetings with my gold chain, man. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I am myself. Like, you know, I, when I write, I write like myself. I write in my voice, and I feel like that's my power, mm -hmm. you know, to make complex uh, issues, you know, to break them down into digestible ways, and that's, that's how I write, you know? And I feel like, yo, be yourself, man. Just people feel like they got to be somebody else in order for you to like them or in order for you to accept them. Or maybe they want something out of you, mm -hmm. so they do the song and dance for you, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, or yeah. they're, like, anticipating what it is that you might want to hear, you know? And that's some fucking bullshit. Like, yo, I'll fucking... It's crazy because I actually, you know, my first... Last summer I landed my first ever acting gig Yeah. on a show for CBS called Guilty Party. Stop, and I played a, I played a corrections officer. Stop shit. And when I did the audition, the first thing, I read the script and I said, okay, if I was a corrections officer, how would I act on the job? How would Alex act on a job? Well, shit, I'd probably be slacking. You know? And that attitude of me trying to be myself landed me a part that I had no business even having. Of course you had business having it, man. It's a part that was written, and you have the chops. Have the That's chops. that, man. Give it to yourself. Pat yourself on the back, I man. Do, I, and I, I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I try to be modest with it. And then they hit me, and they're like, okay, you know, we want to call back with him. We want to see, okay, we want to see him do the line again. I said, okay, cool. And then they are like, is he willing to cut his hair for the part? Ooh. And that, for me. Is that your line? No, no, no. <laughs> they asked me, like, is he willing to cut his hair? Right. And I'm like, shit, like, okay, now it's, now it's real. Now it's, it's really like, do I want to compromise what I believe in for some money? This is what really put this shit to the test. It's like, yo, here's all the shit you stand on. This is probably a big-ass check. It's coming from fucking big-ass broadcasters, you know, million-dollar fucking production. All right. And it's, yo, is he willing to cut his hair for the part? And I sat there, and I looked at the email, and, you know, I was looking at my hair. I'm like, shit, you know, the fro is, is, is gaining some traction. Do I really want to cut my hair for a part? Right. And I asked my agent, I said, yo, like, if I say no, what are the chances of me landing this part? And he said, honestly, man, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what to do, what not to do. It's really on you. I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? It's not worth it because I, this is me. You know what I'm saying? So if you can't give me the part and let me just be myself, then I don't really have any business being it. And I told them, no, I'm not willing to do it. And I'm expecting to say no, and they said, okay, we'll work around it. And I'm like, yo, this is a very small victory in my eyes, but it means that, like, we don't actually have to compromise the things we believe in or the things we work hard for. They just try us. They try yeah, us. Yeah, they try us. That's what it is. They try us yeah. and they want to see if we fold. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, shit, I'm never cutting my hair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, why would I have to? You know, like that to me was breaking down a barrier because this is in the midst of 
And who the fuck says a correctional officer can't have long hair, bro? Yeah, you like, know what, I'm where, what rule book is that in, you know? Exactly, exactly. So that's why I'm like, yo, like, we Good. don't have to compromise. No, we don't. We don't have to say, yo, like, we don't have to do the Annie and do the dance and all that shit. Because the, fu- the funny thing is, if I said. Are you still buying your carpets from the same place you buy your fruits? Are you still buying your carpets from the same place you buy your underwear? Shame on you. Treat your own with some respect. Come shop with me at Kashan Persian Rugs. What's that you said? You can't afford one. Nonsense. You can come in store right now and walk out with the rug with our new buy now, pay later program. That's right. Buy now, pay later. Come shop with us at Kashan Persian Rugs. Yeah, man, I think, um, you know, speaking, talking about compromise and shit, you know, and, and when you get in, you talk about these productions and having to do the dance just so they accept you, I feel like, you know, the thing about black people is you could follow all their rules, you could do everything the way they want. You look at Will Smith, when you fuck up one time, they gonna crucify you for it. And they will make sure they make an example out of you. It's very unsettling. Very. You know what I mean? To know that Mr. Mr. Will Smith, who had a a perfect streak, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They literally crucified him. They crucified over, him. Over one inaction. You know, not saying what he did was all right, but it wasn't that crazy. No. You know what I mean? In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that crazy, you know? And they and they not only we we crucified him as a society as a culture, but we also, um, we also watched the Grammys just fucking punish them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and ain't nobody, yeah, ain't nobody freaking speak out about that either. Like, I don't know, man. That shit is, to me, it's like, if I was Will Smith, I'd feel disappointed in my, in my, in my gang. Yeah, I would too. I actually have, you know, I think, for, okay, you can say whatever you want about the slap, Whatever you want to say about Will Smith, I think more people need to be slapped in their mouth for the things that come out of their mouth, straight like that. Like big facts. We're we're living. Big facts. Wait, wait. Let's pull that one back. <laughs> let's pull that back. Let's pull that back, bro. Like, I don't know. Like, you can attest to this. We grew up in a time that you couldn't just say what you wanted to say. Niggas would. There were consequences for things that came out of your mouth. Right? Absolutely. But right now, in the times we're living in, people don't think twice about what they say. No. People don't think twice about the consequences of the things that 
might come out of their mouth. People are more worried about being canceled than they are about getting punched in the face. I think that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, and we also live most of our lives behind a screen. Exactly. You know what I mean? And so I th- getting yeah. punched in the face is not even a, like a, a reality for most people. Exactly. You know, they don't even think about it as like, this could possibly happen. Yeah. You know, so, you know, nobody's going to punch you through a screen. Nobody's going to punch you through the screen. Yeah, and so So. you carry that into real life with you, and you see that often. Mm -hmm. There's been many examples of things I've seen in pop culture where I'm like, okay, he's going to get punched in the face for that. He's going to get punched in the face for that. Somebody's going to slap him for that. And it never happens. And then the behavior that, you know, we don't condone continues. And people are like, yo, why is this... Why is our generation so fucked up? Bro, because nobody's getting punched in the face for shit that they're doing or saying. So my take on, do I think that Chris Rock deserved to get slapped? No, it's comedy. It's, it's comedy is, 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 it's open court. Like no holds barred. There's no rules. There's no rules to comedy. Anybody is, uh, like you're at the table, you, you you can get the smoke. But, if you say something, there is a chance that somebody may walk up on stage and smack you in your mouth. And for the academies to go and punish Will like that, when there's been far worse that has gone unpunished, is very disappointing. And on top of that, Jade has been making a fucking fool out of this guy. God damn. Oh Holy. God. I feel sorry. There's, there's times I'm just looking, I'm like, God damn. Like, this is Will Smith. This is like my it's one of my so, idols. It's so sad to see what, what's happening to Will, like culturally and in his marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, as as a married man, bro, like like it's it's cringe. You know, it's cringe worthy. Like you just you have your wife going on, you know, national television talking about your personal life. You know, talking about other men she's been with, you know, <laughs> while you were married, you know, or before you, like, constantly talking about relationships that happened before you. And then on top of that, like, you have your daughter penning letters to Tupac, you know what I mean? Like, God, <laughs> like, yo, that shit, that's a, that, oh, they're, it hurts they're me. They're crushing this man, dog. It hurts me. They're crushing this man. That's a man that was to, filled to his brim, you know? Uh, but, like, I heard on this podcast, I listened to uh, Van Lathan and, uh, and Rachel Lindsay's, uh, Higher learning. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a cool podcast on Spotify. And, you know, Van said that something very interesting. He's like, if you remove all the emotions, you know what, what happened on stage was another black man hit another black man as, as a form of conflict resolution on national television. You know, and I, and when you take it in like that, you're like, yo, big facts. You know, big facts. Like, they, you've been getting joked on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're part of this academy. You're part of this entertainment elite. You know, you, you come to these freaking events and you know it's going to be a roast and uh, laughter and so you know what are you doing smacking people dog you know so he was wrong that's mm-hmm. what yeah, as you know he's absolutely wrong you know and and one yo bro if you're gonna stand up for your wife don't be smacking niggas on national tv man that shit is like it's like a it's like a cry for help it is a you know what i mean it's like it's like saying yo like stop me from doing what i'm about to do i don't really want to do this you know mm. like if you talk about my wife, bro, and I feel like I'm gonna have to whoop your ass, like I'm gonna whoop your ass behind the backstage, you know, and let the public like guess whether or not it really happened. Like, mm-hmm. it be, let it be a mystery, you know. I'm not gonna walk up on stage and smack you. Most, of the time, yeah, dog, to be honest with you, I'm not gonna fight you for my wife, dog. I like, 
it's gonna get very violent, you know. <laughs> I saw something. I saw a nigga that was fed up. That's yeah. what I saw. I saw Me a nigga that was help, fed up. Help, yeah. help. You know what I mean? And I, I like, yeah. I don't think violence is ever the answer. Sometimes it is. I'm an advocate for slapping people in the mouth. Sometimes you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm an advocate for violence when it's necessary. You know, and I'll go on the record saying that yeah. that sometimes violence does help the message get across. But all that happened was it's historically proven. It is proven. Yeah. It's historically yeah. proven that it works. Uh, yeah. All the uprisings and revolutions and things that happen yeah. in in history are f- through violence. Yeah. You know, nothing happens if you don't take it. So I'm not going to sit here and like people are really dramatic on social media, like, oh, we're letting violence. Blah, 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 like, what happens shit. to peaceful protests? Nothing. They beat the shit out of those yeah. people. You exactly. know what I mean? Look at Tiananmen Square. Look at freaking. Even these these dudes that were like the truckers, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they were peacefully protesting, you know what I mean? They weren't beating nobody up and shit. Like I'm not on their side, you know. There was mm-hmm. a bunch of privileged dudes doing some white privilege on like like high, but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, they weren't beating nobody up, yeah. you know. And look at freaking Black Lives Matter when they're peacefully protesting in the states, you know. They, they, they convoy. yeah, they convoy them. They get rubber bullets, you know. They they get arrested. So I you know violence really does shake up things and make make freaking you know change uh, possible yeah especially and, for and that's why i'm tired of like the whole oh like violence is violence that we literally saw a white kid show up to a protest with an assault rifle smoke some protesters and get off for that not saying that like and his mom dropped him off over but like took him over uh, state, lines. state lines with an assault rifle, you know, and there's no charges brought towards her, yeah. a minor. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm tired of like people. You know what they do? Violence. You know what they do to black moms who lie on like pa- papers to to get their kids into better schools and better areas, just lying about postal postcodes and shit like that. What they charge them? Five years federal them. time, bro. Yeah, they charge them. You know what I mean? So it's like it's evident that the book gets thrown at us, mm-hmm. you know, for well, a- anything that we do. Mm-hmm. And the book got thrown at Will. You know, I don't think that, like, I think it's stupid. I'm glad that, I thought it was really gangster that he just went and smacked somebody on stage and then went up and accepted an award. <laughs> I thought that was very wavy. Yeah, I thought yeah, yeah. I was like, like, I thought And they told him <laughs> to leave. They asked him to leave and he told him, nah, nah I'm not leaving. Nah, I'm going to take my nah. award. You know, like, Will Smith is a real nigga and I, you know, I feel for him in the disrespect that he's constantly receiving in his relationship. But, like, sometimes violence is the answer. <laughs> Straight like that. Sometimes violence we're, is we're the gonna answer. We're going to keep coming back to yeah, the violence. Sometimes the answer. And, I, I, you know, I think I got to stand on that. And I Absolutely. Think we're just in a really weird time where we're seeing so many double standards. So many. You know, there's no consistency in anything we're seeing in in in. in pop culture in in policy in politics whatever yeah. you're not seeing any of it so it's like the the outrage the 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 example that's made out of him i think it's all bullshit but at the end of the day i do stand behind chris rock as well like comedy is 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 it's fair play man you know what i mean like it's just gij and joke it's not even that serious like no uh, you didn't need worse. to get smacked for that you know that wasn't smack worthy no that was just a man like it was will like he was just at his boiling point and Rock was the guy, mm-hmm. you know. Now, it could have been, it could have been any other comedian that night, you know. Now who? It, it wouldn't have been a white guy. I tell you that though. Who deserves to get smacked? Like my question: Why hasn't Six Nine got smacked? You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's yeah, this a lot culture of is wild, though. There's a lot of deserving people 
of yeah, a smack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. It's it's that's like you said, it's a cry for help. I think, you know, I feel for the man. He's been holding it down. Like he's been holding it down this whole time. So him doing all that is like come on, I get it, man. Like I feel you, bro. Like you just exploded. It was just uh he reached his wits end, bro. Yeah, but let not let let not have anything take away from the great talent that he is, the the example he's been for black men. I can't believe he won an Oscar for like his shittiest role. <laughs> I didn't watch the movie. Uh, so I watched I it, man. It's like uh, it is. It's it's whatever you know, but it's not his best role. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. It, you know, but I guess you know, Denzel had to be crooked before he took it, right? So <laughs> it's always these fucking crazy, these shitty roles that they give us these these Academy Awards. You know, well, they're not really giving it to. It. It's like it's like a bone almost that they throw for you know. It's not the. Uh, the chops that they're actually congratulating. Mm-hmm. It's the same shit as the Grammys. Like, who is voting for this shit? Like, see the 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 the, the reggae. Oh, oh God. God, bro! I was like, yo, I didn't even know who these guys were. You know, so I tried I went, to be objective and actually I, went and listened to it. I went to, listen it. to yeah, it too. You know, I didn't want to be that guy to be like, yo, dog, man, this shit is fucking racist, man. You know. We yo, dog, this shit is fucking racist. We, yo, we got a we got a yardie in the room. I don't know. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> like that shit was crazy, was like, bro. Whoa! Like this is the peak yeah. of cultural appropriation. Like I had never. Like I looked at the bio. And I'm like, these guys are from Virginia. <laughs> like, like they're from Virginia, and they and won like, a Grammy. And the people they're up against, like Spice, and like you know what I mean. It was for me. It was just yo, the Grammys and the Oscars are gonna be redundant. They're, gonna, they're not gonna last the ten years. Like that, they, they're banning Will for ten. Us is gonna be out of here by you know nobody's gonna be it's, it's they're not gonna be relevant in ten years. That's my take on mm-hmm. it. It's time for black people to do their own thing. I mean, BET was is owned by a white person, so it's time for black people to like go and say, "Yo, let's just make our own show. Let's do our own thing." You're telling Bruh, me the, if Puff bo- and Rock Nation and fucking like just those two alone have enough clout to go and start. Something for black people doesn't matter if it's film or music. But they won't. They won't. No, no. But they could. They have the the power. They're not our leaders, bro. They're not. They're, yeah. That's true. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're not they're the guys not. that we're supposed to be looking to. But yo, this boils down back all the way down to the include. What is it called? The the illusion of inclusion. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? When segregation got got taken away. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, you have black people thinking that, yo, now I have access to white things. You know, and the white things have always been better. Mm-hmm. And so, like you know, and that's why we see like. Man, all this shit boils back down to the same thing. Like, like the 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 dollar stays in the white community for something like seventeen days or something. And it stays in the the Jewish community for something like twenty something days. It stays mm-hmm. in the Asian community for something like almost thirty days or something like that. You know, it stays in the black community for something like seven hours or six hours. Yeah. You know, that means you get paid and you go buy some Nikes. That's crazy. You know what I mean? So immediately, like, we are losing this race. You know, like by far. And so we have to understand that we got to support each other by black. We got to freaking, you know, go to these black award shows and, and put effort into, you know, whatever we put stock into is what blows up. 100%. Like Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Look at Clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Clubhouse came on the scene. It was a beta app. All of a sudden, all these young black kids and black artists started coming on, giving it freaking uh, value. All of a sudden, this motherfucker's getting the praise for billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. These little freaking nerdy nerds got it got uh, became billionaires all for something that we gave freaking equity to. Co-signed. You know what we I mean? It. We gave that. We gave the cosign, 
and we provided it with the equity that they leveraged. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we didn't get a fucking dollar out of that. You know? And so just like, yo, bro, man, just... We got to stop looking at each other like, yo, like, what I, what I do is less... Uh, you know, is less uh, less quality than what somebody uh, who's white or somebody from another race does. You know, you gotta lose that mentality. Yeah, we do. It's true, man. I don't know, man. It's it's a lot of discourse about this stuff, and you know, I think at the end of the day, as an individual, you just need to be aware of where you're spending your money, who you're working with, where you're buying from. You know, like it's just that. It's very, very little things, you know. It's very little. Yeah, I'm guilty of it too, bro. Like, you know what I mean? But it's like you gotta. It's control, right? Like, you can't have it be a major thing in your life, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do have to watch where your dollars go. You do have to be aware of, you know, where certain aspects of your money are given to, and who is benefiting. You know, imagine you out here paying somebody who's actively trying to, like break you down and you're filling their pockets up for them mm-hmm. you know and that's effective like that's what we're doing you know we give the money to our oppressor mm-hmm. you know in many ways you know so it's crazy man message <laughs> it's a big message it's a big message man i mean but it starts with us man i think it starts with us just want just pulling each other up first of all you know and every opportunity we get there's a lot of dope creators and 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 things and and people i see that their work is not just in their craft but it's in their ability to bring people with them there's comedians actors filmmakers podcasters that i see that are like okay i'm up here i'm bringing you guys with me you know rappers whoever it is they they're like yo i see you guys because i see when you see me see you you know so we gotta like we got to encourage more of that. We got to do more of that. When we do have the power to put other people on, mm-hmm. you just got to put people on, you know? And maybe you might not have the power to put someone on, but you may have some knowledge that someone that can, steer can them. use. That can steer them. You know, you don't have to put somebody on, bro. You can steer them into the right direction, mm-hmm. you know? You can you can give them a piece of information now that, that'll be useful to them four years down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just talk, have an open face. Mm-hmm. Like, in our society, we, we were literally groomed to look at uh, for black men to look at other black men like they're the op you know yeah. what i mean we mean mug black people black mechanism. men yeah. you know what i mean but when a white lady's walking down we make ourselves like like less threatening you know yeah. what i mean like i tighten my hood up and be like i'll scare, yeah. scare you just like you know uh, like if that's the case right mm-hmm. like it, it's got to be like we can't we got to unlearn bro a lot of unlearning and that shit is difficult but it's like uh, it's like by example, again, making things cool, you know, representation. Like, if, if you are here setting the right example, bro, the young ones, they're going to be watching, bro. They're always watching. Mm-hmm. They're always watching, you know, and they're always taking notes and they're seeing, you know, what's hot, what's not. And they're the next movers and shakers, you know. And so if you are here making things cool for them and making things appropriate, they, you know, they'll follow suit, man. They, you know, like I said, that bullshit detector, we all got it. You got and, it. And they, they'll follow suit, you know. So we just got to make it cool for them, make it cool for to, to collab, make it cool to, you know, be yourself, make it cool. All this stuff that we thought was, you know, we were programmed to think was uncool. Mm-hmm. We have to reprogram it into our, our culture and make it cool again. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. The Somali community is a very large community. Very large. Right. They're one of our, like, 
we're smack dab in the middle of it. You know, for me, you know what I'm saying? Especially the, the, the your Hoyos, location. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up, that's know, a yeah. fact. Shout out the Hoyos out there, man. Um, <laughs> you know, speaking of the black community, you know, how what what does the Somali community need to do to mobilize and come man. together and bring each other up? See, see, the Somali community is a, is a lot different than like other communities. I I compare it more to like like an Afghani community or like an Iraqi community or or a Syrian community because it's like we didn't show up here like on some oh like we want to go to Canada you know mm-hmm. like and and because like I I remember I had a conversation with uh, with a brother from West Africa and then um, he was talking about like yo Somali boys you know you guys are wild and you guys you know out here shooting each other and you guys are like embarrassing yourselves and like he was saying a lot of shit that pissed me off you know mm-hmm. I'm like bro like we fell into these pits these pits that are already designed you know it's like how did you get here you know i'm like it's it we came up with the shirts on our back right i said refugees of war mm-hmm. so when you come as a refugee of war bro you take what the government gives you you know i came 91 so you get you know you take what the government gives you you get put in these government housings and the problems that are already there is just what you know and this the, the the culture that's already there is what you're you begin with you know mm-hmm. that's the literally the bottom mm-hmm. But it's a fresh start for you guys. For, for us, it's a fresh start, you know. Mm-hmm. But like when you when you're looking at somebody from like West Africa, who who decided, hey, I want to move to Canada, like they gotta apply. You know what I mean? They have you process. Fill, yeah, you fill out an application. You know what I mean? They get back to you. They're like, hey man, show me you got like fifty bands in your bank account. You know that you can take care of yourself for the first six months. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And There's some you, privilege. That comes yeah, and then all of a sudden, like you slide into the middle class. You know what I mean? When you get here, so it's like. It's not, we're not on the, it's not the same, you know, so you can't look at it through the same framework, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And so, like, we got to be more forgiving towards each other, like, especially, like, as black people looking at other black people who are, you know, be, you know, have fell victim to the the pitholes of, like, you know, uh, socioeconomic conditions that they're in, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So you can't be looking at them like, oh, fuck, these niggas making making us look bad, you know? It's like, bruh, you are living in the suburbs, like, that's your beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're chapter one. So now none of my family lives in the hood anymore, alhamdulillah. Like, we all moved out the hood. There's home ownership. There's entrepreneurship, you know, and one generation, you know. And so I look at it like, man, you know, like, we're we're a very dominant culture in, in the sense that, like, you know, we, we over, we've we overcome a lot. Overcome we're very, a lot, yeah. We're very resilient, you know. And, yo, what, what you give attention to is what attention is given to. And so we keep talking about the violence. We keep talking about this shit like it's the majority. It's not. It's not, yeah. You know what I mean? The average kid goes to university, takes care of his family. The average girl does the same, you know? They're successful in what they do. We need to start talking about that narrative, you know? It's narrative building, right? Mm-hmm. And so we built the wrong narrative about ourselves and allowed the wrong narrative to build, be built about us. I don't think you guys built that narrative, though. No, I think that's, that's, we, that's but that's we also white. allowed it. You that's know, we that, also that white it. gaze, you know what I mean? You think about media and what they... Fear mongering and all that shit. Absolutely. That's the shit they they highlight, and I think that's why I asked, you know, for your community. Yeah. You know, how do we change that narrative? Because I, I I'm smack dab in the middle of your community, and we got we got what's that shit that black the Black Panthers did? You know, like we gotta we gotta uh, organize. Organize, yeah. Yeah, we got organize. You know, because uh, you know Somalis, we're we're very fearless people. We're mm-hmm. very resilient people. Um, you know, and it's a gang of leaders. You know, and so. That can also be your undoing as well. 
Mm. Or if you're if everybody's a leader, you know what I mean. Too many chiefs. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Uh, is that okay to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's not politically it's not correct, 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 right? <laughs> but like, yeah, but you know, you, you get the sentiment, right? So mm-hmm. it's like you need to start listening to each other, man. Like I said, it's about picking the team, and in, in your team, you gotta listen to one another. You know, not everybody is supposed to be given the orders, mm-hmm. and not everybody is supposed to be. Um, you know, everybody's supposed to be able to listen and take orders, even mm-hmm. the boss. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't be a leader without being a great follower. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh, that's, you know, but some of the most brilliant conversations and brilliant people I know are that older Somali generation. You know, just like Somo- like Somali men, yeah. you know, Somali women that, you know, are well-spoken, right? older, like, you know, middle-aged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you get to talking with them and you're like, you just you, you look at it and you're like, oh shoot, like it's been forty five minutes of having a right. conversation with this person. You know, I really I really think that there's there's a lot that your community has to give. Right. And I, I always consider myself an honorary Somali <laughs> because, you know, every time they walk in the store, right. they ask me if I'm Somali. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you know? you're definitely <laughs> ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can do whatever you want, you can say whatever you want, you know. I'm you're Hamarawi for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You know, no, it's but a strong. Community. No, you're absolutely right, man. But you got to look at these people that are like in their mid 40s and 50s. You know, uh, even 55, whatever. Like, take 30 some years off of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that means when the war kicked off, like they were 21, 20 years yeah, old. Yeah. You know, it's like they they had these dreams. They had probably just got married. You know, because back then everybody like gets married young. Mm-hmm. That's just culture. still do still, still, yeah. Still culture that's how we get down. Mm-hmm. You know, but like. Imagine these, you know, you have these high hopes for yourself, these these dreams for your family, you know what I mean? You, you, you've you just married a woman or something, you you promised her the world, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, like, it's war. The, yeah, not just war, like, you have to run to the other side of the world where you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, you don't know the uh, religion, and at the same time, there's a legal system that's designed to fuck with you, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a s- societal structure that's designed to fuck with you, and so now you're trying to, you're in survival mode, you know, and, and so you give up your dreams, you know, mm-hmm. there's these these artists, our parents, are, you know, they're artists, they were, they you know, artists, they, were, yeah. they were musicians, engineers, they were engineers, you know, Doctors, and doctors, you know, like my my pops, uh, my pops had his uh, his masters from Ohio State University, mm-hmm. and so you know, and then like they told him, stay, you know, the war is about to kick off. Like it was like the time where um, you know the the rumblings were going on. Like you know, certain people just knew things were gonna happen, and and he was like, nah, I'm coming back, bro. Like I had, I think uh, my brother was just born. I was just born from. I think I was just born. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he made the decision to come back. And, you know, by doing so, he effectively gave up his features, yeah, you yeah. know, and his dreams. And so when you're young and you, you're growing up in the hood and, you know, this is all you know, you're not really taking in the, the depths mm-hmm. of, of everything going on. what's yeah. going on, you know. And so like I, we were talking about earlier, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know. That's literally what my book is about. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like really realizing that, yo, dog, it's, it's bigger than, you know, these street top uh these streets politics and it's bigger than you know the the little these little things that you go through that seem so huge to you you know it's like damn it's like these people really gave up everything so you you, so you can get one like shot at it you know and so can't fuck it up man there's no option there's no other option except to to succeed you know or die trying facts you know and that's um i think 
organizing, listening to ourselves, you know, being kind to ourselves as well. You know, there's a lot of animosity between different parts of the communities and stuff like that. And so, like, you know, let bygones be bygones. And, you know, it's easier said than done. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, you know, misunderstandings that are still being held on to. And I think if we just get past that shit, man, we're like, bro, in one generation, we're Olympic gold medalists, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're platinum recording artists. We're on the hottest TV shows as writing, you know, writing the hottest TV shows. We're freaking in government politics in every country that we're in. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, bro, give it to yourself. It's like, you are, you are dominant culture, you know? It's like, but forgive yourselves as well, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and organize, bro. Like, we're powerful. We're powerful beyond what we think. Before powerful beyond measure, man. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility, right? Man, heavy is the head, man. And so I feel like, you know, uh, everybody can be the leader, man. Like, pick a team, organize, do some shit, you know, move some shit, and, and make, make things cool. Make the next generation feel like they could do it too. Absolutely. Talk to me about your book, man. Man, my book's called uh, Boy About Town. It's a, it's a compilation, a, a collection of poetry and uh, and passages. You know, it's all written in hindsight. It's just, you know, it starts with my my transition from the street life into, it's about literally the street life into the moment my daughter was born, mm-hmm. which was 2020. And it's like in the hospital room and that's where it kind of ends, you know, but it's just that transition between, um, you know, becoming, from being a boy to, to becoming a man, you know, and the next book comes out, it's going to be a uh, man about town. And so, you know, the story was about me and it was about my story and, and, and how, you know, how I unlearned and how I relearned and the paths I took and shit. And so, you know, the poems are supposed to be uh, the emotions and the, the passages are supposed to be the detail, you know. And sometimes the lines get blurred a little. But as is life, you know, life mm-hmm. is life is that. And my life is lines get blurred a lot, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but but um, the next book is Man About Town. And so, yeah, the first one, you know, Boy About Town was... was um, it was so strictly for me that I refused. I turned down two book deals mm-hmm. last year, and I said, you know, like I understood what comes, what co- what came along with a book deal. It's like you get editors that you know that that'll tell you how to write your story, and you know, and I couldn't, I couldn't. That's a tough pill for me to swallow. I said, you know, maybe I'll take that route some somewhere down the road, but this story is is gonna come sh- directly for me, and so I'm gonna, you know, go the self publishing route. Mm-hmm. Ownership again too. Ownership, that, that, that's another. That was another. Fuck the middleman. Absolutely, man. Fuck the middleman. You know what I'm saying? No, that's powerful, man. I think writing is. I was listening to Steve Harvey on Earning Leisure, and he was right. saying that writing is, the writing industry is, the most honest, industry you can work in. You know, in terms of like, whatever you see, is what you get, as opposed to you know like, music is. We know we know the story about music business, film and television is it could be hit or miss you know, depending on who you're working with, how much equity you retain in your right. IP and stuff like that. So you know, writing is something I've always wanted to get into. I'm just I'm not there yet. <laughs> Man, every everything is writing, bro. Everything, everything is writing. You know, yeah. even business is writing. You know, like you got your business has a message and a brand. You know, and that that requires copy and that requires. Um, somebody to write that shit, you mm-hmm. know, everything we see, you know, other than what's spoken, what's spoken has been written, 
Mm. You know what I mean? So you have to you have to understand that writing is just it's beyond just like storytelling. That's creative writing, you know. Mm-hmm. But like everything is writing, and so like um, like I've utilized writing for in every aspect of my life, in every chapter of my life, you know. Like even when I was like locked up, mm. like. I'd write poetry and letters for dudes and their, you know, for, and their and their wives and stuff. You know, I have nice cursive writing, <laughs> and I write the poetry. Excuse me, mm-hmm. I write poetry and I write letters to these dudes. You know, and I get extra rations. You know, I get the lighter. You know, I get first dibs on the contraband. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, I utilized writing in, in every aspect. I got the first time I got published was from jail, mm-hmm. and so you know, and um, you know, just like for me, writing was. It's more than just uh, it's just something I do, you know. It's like it's what I am. It's like even Somali culture, like we come from, we're a nation of poets, you know. We speak mm-hmm. in we speak in, in these yeah. you know in, in poetic ways, and we're very we can communicate our thoughts in, in very like you know distinct ways. And so I feel like that's just some shit that runs in my genes, you know. It is what I, it is, and it is what I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and writing is everything, and everything is writing, and so. It's powerful, yeah. man. It's beautiful, man. I think that you got a lot to give. You know, I hope so, man. I appreciate that, bro. I really do. Absolutely, man. It's a wealth of experiences, and you know, you say it's in hindsight, but I think even on this journey that you're on, there's still a lot that people can get from you as you've made this transition, as you're doing this book deal, as you're doing all of these things that you're doing. There's still more. It's a dark comedy right now. <laughs> Honest <laughs> to God, like you know, like the the boy about town is like in hindsight, you know. So it's like you could tell the story the way it was, you know, and like just pick apart uh, information and dissect it. But like man about town, like you know, learning how to deal with these microaggressions in the workplace and mm-hmm. like you know, freaking fatherhood and mm-hmm. like you know all this stuff. Like that shit is the dark comedy, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like as a nigga from the streets, you 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 sitting on your couch like fuck. Do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know, if you were on the outside looking in, this would be funny as shit, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, you know, it's uh, it's inspiring, you know. It's something that if I could do it, you could do it, you know. And it's there's there's a lot of dudes that that I know, you know. Like this path is is not easy, so we gotta make it look like that's why I'm look that's, yeah, that's why I'm visible, you know. I make myself visible, you know, like not accessible, visibility, but visible, you know. Like you could you could see me on Instagram, you could see me on Snapchat, you could read my blog, you can you know follow my work and shit like that. But like you know, I try to make myself visible. Before it was like you know La Cosa Nostra kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. like you don't no pictures, no nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. But now it's like there's timestamps on shit. Like I want my kid to see, you know, like. Dad at 34, 33 was doing X, Y, Z. You know, he's on a podcast talking some positive shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he like there's timestamps on everything. It's like Instagram and these things are like our modern day photo albums and shit like that. So for me, it's like I have I, I have reasons why I'm, I make myself so visible. You know, like I've I've been asked this. That's why I'm like I'm I'm sharing. And you know? it's like people are like yo, bro, like you never really used to share this much. You know, it's powerful when you do though because yeah. it inspires people to. Own their truth. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. You can't back away from it. It's yours. It's yours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some you, shit only you can say. Nobody else can tell you this story, you know? Nobody else, you know, could talk about going to jail the way, you know? Like, everybody been to jail, whoever been to jail, you know? But it's like my my state, you know? Like, it's, you know, I've been stabbed seven times. I've mm-hmm. been to jail, you know? But I've also seen, you know, um, successes in, in different avenues. So it's like... Like, we're complex people, bro. Like, we're not one thing, you know? We're not the sum of the worst thing we've ever did. No. And we're not the sum of the best thing we've ever did, you know? We're layered like an onion. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to take it in, man. You got to accept who you are. 
and be visible like the young niggas see like the young you know brothers and sisters mm-hmm. take it in bro you know i get emotional when i talk about this you know like i know i'm like it's good yeah, because it's, 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 it's like it's, it's god's work yeah it's it's you know it's like i used to be a cautionary tale mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so now now i'm not it means a lot you know it's like it took a lot for me to not be that cautionary tale yeah it takes a lot of balls just to say yo here i am in my fullest in my fullest being this is who i am accept me as is yeah or keep it moving you know yeah. it takes a lot to st- a lot of authenticity a lot of balls yeah and not a lot of sugarcoat nothing yeah. either and to be reflection too right so it's powerful man yeah, i love I what you're doing that. i think this is the beginning of us working together it's the first absolutely. of many collaborations. I think so too, man. I mm-hmm. think we're on to something here. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Let them know where they can find you, you know. Yeah, man, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Real Prime Examples. Um, Snapchat is actually for the homies, so I'm not going to get no Snapchat. Yeah, we don't do Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, don't do yeah, Snapchat. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram, and, uh, you know, uh, you want to see my creative portfolio, uh, I believe it's leehassan.com. Um, yeah, man, and you could just... We'll put me a up, man. Always, you know, I'm always open for a DM and and and, and conversating, bro. Like it's just about sharing information, and I have nothing to hide and everything to share. That's what's up. You guys heard it here first. Lee Prime, straight like that. Another episode of One K Convos. Appreciate you coming on, my man, guy. Thank you for having me, man. Yes, sir. No and just like that, we gone. <laughs> <laughs>